Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the word of God. Flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And so he said, Teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and another 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, You have rightly judged. And then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, See, do you see this woman? I entered your house, and you gave me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with her tears, wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. And then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this? Who even forgives sins. And then he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Can you say amen to the word? Faith in God's forgiveness. Faith is a struggle for many. There are many out there in the world that are envious, I would say. They compliment our faith. And I've heard people say, I wish I had the faith like you apostolics. You know, faith sometimes it is a hard thing to acquire, especially when you've lived in this world and all you've ever seen is what is man-made and all you've ever seen is what mankind has done. Faith looks beyond what you can see and what you can reason, and it goes into the spirit world, and you take on God's foresight to see what is possible with God. It can be difficult sometimes to have faith when somebody is really sick in your home. It can be really difficult sometimes to have faith during a time of loss or a time of trouble. But I have found if you want to have a good way to get your foot in the door in faith, it is not so much believing God, first of all, that he's a miracle worker. It's not believing so much that he is a healer. But you really want to take your faith that first step, start believing that he will forgive you of your sins. Oh, yes. Because let me tell you, you can be sick and still make it to heaven. You cannot have the miracle you want to see and still make it to heaven. You cannot have that certain thing that you've been wanting to see answered, that prayer answered, and still make it to heaven. 
But my friend, I'm preaching to you the Bible today. Unless your sins are forgiven and wiped and washed away, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. If you want to take your faith to another level and start seeing big things happen, start believing in the forgiving power of the Lord Jesus Christ where sins are canceled and sins are washed away and the grip of sin has no more hold on your life, but you're walking as a new creature in him. If you can have that type of faith, you can start moving mountains. You can start telling what's in your path. Get out of my way and be cast into the sea. And the miracles will flow. And the answer of prayer will happen. Amen. If you can get into that first step and deal with that sin problem and realize there's nothing I could do or pay to have my sins washed away. But the Lord paid it all upon that cross with his own body, with his own blood, with his own soul, with his own life. Amen. Your faith. We'll go to another level. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord and praise this God who forgives. Praise this God who loves. Hallelujah. How do you know you're forgiven? You know, God talks to people in our ears. He talks to people in our mind's eyes. But for the most part, your first interaction with God will not be what you hear, it will not be what you see, but chances are it will be something that you feel. I remember when I was in fourth grade, some of you all might not believe this, but I was a class clown in elementary school. And uh, I maybe enjoyed attention a little more than what I should have. And I would get these conduct slips written up that I would have to take home and my mother would read all the bad things that I did that day and she had to sign them and I had to take them back to the teacher and you know there was a process of detention and things like that but it seemed like the more pink slips that I kept getting from the teacher and the bus driver and all of that the more the bad behavior increased but I will never forget the time in fourth grade I was sitting in the back of the class making jokes and making other people laugh. And I looked up at the teacher, and I knew at that moment she could have sent me to the principal's office. I knew in that moment she could write up another slip, and I would have to go home and tell my parents all the trouble that I caused and get in trouble. But I saw, instead of anger on my teacher's face one day, I looked up, and she glared at me. The whole class went silent. Everybody looked at me. And she said, Justin... I forgive you for being the class clown. And you're not going to get in trouble today. And I hope you will just listen and learn. You know, after that, I didn't get in trouble. You know why? Because judgment wasn't working. And law at that time wasn't working. But you know what worked for me in that moment? The teacher just showing me a little bit of attention and a little bit of forgiveness And after that, the A's started coming in. Better behavior started coming in. And I think a lot of us have been that way in this world. We're out there sinning. We're out there trying to be accepted of this world. We're trying to look like the cool, rebellious person and getting involved in all types of peer pressure. And the world, some of us got in trouble. Some of us had to pay the penalty and the consequences for our sin. But God is up there like a happy teacher saying today, I have forgiven you. I'm giving you a chance. I love you for who you are. And it's that type of love that will change your behavior. 
It is that type of love, amen, where sin means nothing anymore, but the grace of God is so much better than the darkness of this world. I've come to tell you the greatest life-changing power and revelation that is not only coming here, but to this entire city, that God is not mad at the world, that he's not wanting to judge this world, but he came down to this world to save us all, not condemn us, but to save us all, praise the Lord. Oh, have faith in the God that forgives. Praise the Lord. It is love that will change. It is forgiveness that will change you. Praise the Lord. And God wants to forgive you today. You know, every preacher has that one Bible verse that he preaches a lot. He has that one Bible story that you're going to hear from him a lot. And every time that preacher tells it, there's always something new and something fresh and something different. You want to know what my Bible story is? It's this story that we read, Mary Magdalene. And I'll tell you why I like it, because it's in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There's not very many stories in the Bible or in the Gospels that appear in all four, but Mary's story does. And after she had poured that fragrant oil upon the Lord, Jesus said, wherever this Gospel is preached... They're going to mention this woman as a memorial unto her. Coming into that house with all of those religious Pharisees, a sinner woman, breaking the box of fragrant oil and pouring it upon the Lord and showing him hospitality, the Lord said, they're going to remember her for this. That was the only place in Scripture where he said, people are going to remember somebody for doing something really special. And there are specific reasons about that because we can all see ourselves in the life of that woman. She went on to do very great and powerful things for the kingdom of heaven and to be discreet, to protect her reputation, to not expose what she once was in a lot of those places. They didn't want the church to know as they wrote about it years later who it was and they kept her kind of inconspicuous. But it was Mary Magdalene. First time she appears in the Bible... The Pharisees, all of the religious people were trying to question Jesus and to confuse him in his answers. And they'd caught a woman who was unfaithful to her husband, did not keep the marriage vows. They caught her in the very act and brought her down before the Lord in the temple. And they said, the law of Moses says we should stone her. But what do you say? And the Lord got down and began to write in the dirt as if he did not hear them. And as they began to press the Lord, he said, Anybody here that has never sinned, go ahead and throw the stone. Nobody threw a stone. Everybody walked away. Fascinating story. The Lord looks down at her and he says, Where are your accusers? She looked around and said, I don't see any. And he said, I don't condemn you. And that forgiveness right there started her on a great journey, a journey that she never thought she would ever have. It was the pathway to her connection to God because she got the revelation that God forgives sins. That he forgives sins. You see, in the Old Testament law, the book of Numbers, if a man felt jealousy for his wife but couldn't prove it, he could bring her in front of the priest. This is in the book of Numbers. You can read it. That priest would scoop up handfuls of dirt from the temple floor, dump it in a cup of water, force that woman to drink it. If she was innocent, nothing would happen, and nobody could ever start a rumor about her ever again. 
But if she was guilty and she drank it, she would become very, very ill. And it would be a sign that she was guilty of her sin. You know what the Lord is doing there? All those Pharisees, fine. You want to talk about the law? Let's start the jealousy offering. Let's all of you drink it. Let's see who gets sick. Come on. (laughs) You see, the Old Testament, as powerful as it was, the promises that were there, the great things that were there, God looked down and said, Law and judgment is not changing the people. The penalty of sin is not changing the people. So I'm going to do the penalty for them. And that's why he hung upon that cross. And that sacrifice that God accepted brought peace upon the world so that anybody who comes to that great sacrifice You never have to offer an animal, for the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sins. It was a picture, not of judgment, but a picture of love upon that cross. You want to know why Christ did that? You want to know why he forgave the sins of the world? Because he wanted somebody to love him. He wanted somebody to receive him. He didn't want somebody to fear him. He didn't want somebody to run and hide from him like Adam and Eve. But instead, he wanted to draw all people while he was there upon that cross. Because in the Old Testament, there on the mountain, when Moses is about to give the law, the sky went dark. It began to thunder, and it began to lightning. And God's voice thundered out so loud that the people backed up and said, we don't want to have anything to do with this God. But while Jesus was on the cross, he had something different in mind. Yes, the sky went dark like it did in the days of Moses. Yes, it thundered in lightning. But instead of everybody backing up, there was a centurion down there that got really close and said, Truly, this is the Son of God. And I know it's not Easter time, but I just feel the power of the cross here today. Drawing somebody saying, you're not far from God, but you're closer to him than you realize. And you can be forgiven. And he will change your life. And he does love you. And he wants to have grace upon you. Praise the Lord. Jesus didn't altogether hate the Pharisees. You know, he told them what he thought about them from time to time. Anytime he would challenge them. But he came to seek and save everybody that was lost. Whether you were a religious elite, whether you were rich in town, whether you were a sinner, the lowest of the low, and even the crazy demon-possessed people hanging out in the tombs. He's not willing that anybody should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And he sat there in the house with the religious, talking to them about the things of the law. And that very woman who he forgave, who should have been put to death, and she knew it, but instead she got another chance. She kept her eyes on that house. And the Pharisees had cooked up a nice meal for the Lord. I'm sure he was enjoying their food and drink. But she saw something in that meeting that troubled her. You see, back then, in Middle Eastern hospitality, one of the greatest uh, gestures to show that a guest was welcome in your home was foot washing. You know, they wore sandals back then. You walk into the house after walking on the dirt road, feet are dirty. And so you had a servant right there ready with a, with, a, with a dish of water, a towel, and fragrant oil, and would clean up your feet so you could feel like a nice human being right there before dinner. 
Now, here nowadays, I mean, we've got some great hospitality out there. The best coffee and desserts in town are out there by our hospitality. I'm loving it. I even thought about it about six months ago. Maybe we should have people out there washing other people's feet as they come on in. You know, it's Bible, right? But things have changed in our culture. With cars we ride in, shoes that we have, the need for foot washing really isn't needed. You know, back in the old days, we used to do foot washing. Although we really didn't wash each other's feet, we all got pedicures, trimmed up our nails, and you stuck your feet in the water, and a person knelt down in front of you, awkwardly put their hands on their feet, and just kind of prayed and looked around, whatever, and, you know, and God would move in the end. But I believe in spiritual foot washing, amen. You know what foot washing was? It was a way to show you are welcome into my home. You are welcome into my life. I want you to get rid of the world, forget about your journey, and feel clean and a fresh start here in the house of the Lord. Amen. Nobody showed Jesus that hospitality, and it bothered her. Instead of just going down to the river and getting a cup of dirty water, she went to her house and got the most expensive thing that she had, fragrant oil, spikenard, because the Lord was worthy of it. She walked in there, opened up that bottle, began to anoint the feet of the Lord, and instead of water, she was overcome with thankfulness and love for the Lord. She cried so much she was able to wash the Lord's feet with her tears. Nobody had ever done anything like that. She took foot washing to another level. And Simon knew what was going on there, and he could tell that it entertained the Lord and the hospitality was pleasing to him. So instead of being grateful for it and welcoming, he started to judge it. And he said if he was truly a prophet, he would have nothing to do with that woman, for she is a sinner. Let me tell you this. I know prophets can be little doom and gloom, but they never are doom and gloom without a glimmer of light of hope. Praise the Lord. The prophets believe that the storm can pass. The prophets believe, amen, that the judgment and wrath of God can be stayed if you will repent. But my Bible tells me that men like Elijah would go to the widow's house and where he was, her food would never run out in her kitchen, praise the Lord. My Bible tells me that Elisha was sent to Gentile women who were barren, but him being there, they had a son, praise the Lord. That's the type of prophet God has sent to the people, amen. Praise God. And he said, Simon, I got something to say to you. He said, well, tell me. While he's getting his feet washed, while this woman has taken her faith to another level, he said, I walked in here and none of y'all washed my feet, but this woman did. Who do you think I'm happy with more today, you or her right there? <laughs> she gave me the most expensive thing that she's got. She is using her own tears to show me hospitality. She's using her own long hair to dry my feet. And he tells an interesting story. There was a creditor who was lending out money, denarii. One person needed 500, and he gave him 500 denarii. Another needed 50, and he gave him 50. And when he came back to collect, the guy that owed 500 could not repay it. The man who owed 50 couldn't repay it. And the creditor had mercy, which was unheard of in that day. Businessmen were shrewd back then. He said, but that creditor had compassion on them and forgave the man of 500 and forgave the man of 50. He turned their loan into a gift. He turned 
that loan into something special and a blessing to them. And Jesus said, who is going to love and appreciate the creditor more? The man who owed 500 or the man that owed 50? And Simon said, probably the man that owed 500. And the Lord said, you rightly judged. This woman here probably has sinned more than all of the men there in the room. But she took worship to another level and love for God to another level because of the revelation of forgiveness. Here at the Live Church, we've preached a lot of things. But the thing that I've gotten the most compliments on in the last six months is the swimming pool at TLC. You know what I'm talking about. Every given Sunday, TLC opens up like a public pool. And you got people walking in that are not ready to get into that deep end, but like that shallow end and got those floaties on, you know. They're not there yet, but they're in the water, praise God. And they're learning. Life's not perfect, but bless God, they're on their way. But then we got folks that are in the deep end, getting up on the diving board doing swan dives and half gainers, professional Pentecostal swimmers. And then we got some folks there too afraid to get in the pool. They're just sitting there in the lawn chair, sipping a lemonade, watching everybody else have fun. I don't care if you're in the shallow end. I don't care if you're in the deep end. I don't care if you're in the lawn chair or maybe just looking over the fence. If you are here in God's pool, you're in the right place and you're on your way. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Some of us in here, our sin only added up to about 50 denarii. But you know what? We were lost and we had to get that 50 denarii taken care of. And the Lord, like talking to the elder son, you have all that I have one day. My blessing is upon you. Why don't you celebrate with your prodigal brother that's been home? And the Lord is reminding all of us, don't ever judge somebody who is full of sin in their life. You very well could end up at the same place that they were going someday. That's why we've never lost our praise. We never lost our worship. Whether it was 50 or just five or just one, amen, he's worthy of our praise. Because one sin sent us to hell. Just one sin gave us no hope. But the Lord died on that cross for those, amen, who just had 50 to repay. Praise the Lord. This woman... She was a 500 denarii type lady, married much, sinful much. If Moses were alive, would have ordered her death long ago. But Jesus Christ, the Son of God, said, I'm going to die for her. And he said, this fragrant oil that she put on my feet is prophetic. She has anointed my feet for the burying. Before the priest judged him, before a man whipped him from the Roman guards, Mary was the first to get a glimpse and knew what was coming. She knew that he would be buried, and that is what she is doing there because she had faith in his forgiveness. And Jesus said these men that owed the 500, who's going to love more? It's the one who owed 500. You know what's going on there? The Lord is showing just how much he loves to forgive because he wants to be loved. And he knows the person that has more sin than the other is going to probably love him more than the one that has less. 
That's why I don't ever feel like you've got to get perfect to get God. You know what's going on? We get God to get perfect. You know what will happen as soon as you start worshiping like Mary? Not worrying about what anybody thinks. Not worrying about your past sins. But as it were, you come and offer up your words like a fragrance to the Lord. And you say, God... I'm worried that some people in here may have not have welcomed you properly, but my worship is a welcome to you in this house. You start giving God your tears. You start giving God your hair, as it were. You start giving God all that you can your entire life. You're the type of person that's going to become a memorial someday for the kingdom of heaven. Praise the Lord. He wants your love. He wants you to love him more. He wants you to have faith in his forgiveness. Don't think you're too far from God here today. Yes, we're a holiness church. Yes, as it were, we are a conservative church. But you're in one of the greatest judgment-free zones here in Kansas City. Oh. But you're in a place like Bishop preached last Sunday. It's a grace space. It is a place where you get a second chance. It's a place, amen, if you just start taking that step of faith and accepting God's forgiveness, give it about two, three, maybe four years, you're going to be a professional apostolic. Amen. A devil-chasing apostolic. An angel-attracting apostolic. A holy man or woman of God. And we want to help you on that journey. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's all stand in God's presence. If you've been forgiven of 50, the Lord is worthy of your praise and worship. He is, and we got to give it. But I'm calling today for the 500. If you're an adulterer, an adulteress, you're in the right place today. I don't see any rocks in here. But you know what I smell? Literally, I smell it here today. It's a spiritual smell. It's the smell of fragrant oil. I don't think I've smelt it since COVID, but it smells to me like cinnamon and roses. And I don't know if somebody else smells it here today. And it's the smell of love and worship to the Lord. You want to know why we broke loose, amen, up here today? It's because we worship the Lord like Mary. And that worship is changing this church, and it's changing people. And I prophesy to you here today that this church is becoming, as it were, a 500 denarii church. It is not becoming a Pharisee church, but it's becoming a Mary Magdalene church that's taking worship to another level and praise to another level and giving to another level. And the love of God is blessing us for it. It's going to be known throughout the town. Amen. If you're tired of dead church, come and find life at the Life Church because they know how to worship God. It's being known throughout this city that people feel bound by sin, bound by addiction, 
that there's a church up there on the hill that knows how to help you get rid of it. A God, amen, that'll love you. A God, amen, that'll forgive you. And a people that'll help you lead on to it, amen. I come against the lies and the attack of the accuser right now. I pray for somebody that's a sinner and they know it. That the revelation of forgiveness is in the house today. Hallelujah. We've gone through a season, amen, of powerful things happening. People have received the Holy Ghost. People have been baptized. People have been healed. Prophetic words have happened. We've had a great back-to-school season. But last Sunday and this Sunday, amen, it's the season of grace. It is the season of mercy. It's the season of somebody who is tired of being in the shallow end, but you're ready to start going deeper in God. Today is your day. Today is your day. Hallelujah. So come here, all you alcoholics. Come here, all you drug addicts. Come here, all those that are immoral. Come here, all those who are in adultery right now. The altar is open for you to be forgiven. Come on, bring your debts right now. God will cancel it out. Bring your debt. It's about to become a gift to you. Hallelujah. Won't you escape hell here today? Won't you escape eternal judgment today? Come on, you've got somebody, amen, that wants to pray with you today. Hallelujah. Woo! Come on, worshipers, come and pour the oil on the Lord today. His feet are at the altar. Come on, somebody come and break the box here today. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.